This week we learn all diamonds are blood diamonds. You send dick pics to chicks so they know what they're working with, and nothing is more American than jerking off in the woods. Call 911 because these are the episodes you will never forget. We are talking Rami, season one, episodes three and four, a black spot on the heart, and strawberries. Remember, parental advisory is advised. The After Buzz After Show starts right now. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz We learned so much this week. Oh my gosh, so much. And then here we are, and it's good to have an actual panel with us this week. Because, so you can have a conversation. Yeah, it nice. was good. It was good. And I feel like we should be on the show, Rami. I feel like Rami should have black friends, and it should be us. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the thing. Rami, holla. Yeah, Rami, you need to know. And if you don't know who we are, my name's Teron. I will be hosting this Rami after show as we're talking season one, episodes three and four. But I am not alone. I am joined by the wonderful and beautiful Nikki Bailey is in the building. Ahlan Wahaslan. Uh, Wasahlan. No, wasahlan. Ahlan Wasahlan. Ahlan Wasahlan. Yeah, there we go. All right. That's what Ahlan it is. Wasahlan, everybody. Exactly. All right. I love I'm it. learning. I'm learning. And that's the thing. That's actually part of our special ser- segment. We will be teaching one Arabic word every Woo-hoo! single after show just so we get a little bit more acclimated love to it. the story. And uh, this is an American story. A lot of people think this is an Arab story or it's a Muslim story. This is very much an Ar- American perspective to oh, show absolutely. Rami. Uh, it's an American perspective that we haven't heard before. And I'm very impressed with the show and this these episodes overall. What were your overall thoughts, Nikki? I am loving the show. Um, and I agree. It is an American story. And I'm so excited that we're finally getting a Muslim character in a lead role that has a real life. And, you know, he's a whole person. My view on the two episodes, they were so different. Um, you know, so I guess I have to say for, um, the, I felt like there were a lot of moments where I went, oh, that's deep. Oh, wow. Um, a lot of like, I can't believe a lot of, a lot of, I don't believe this is happening. I hope this is a dream. Um, please don't send dick pics to Sarah. Wow. (laughs) That would be my overall summary. I don't know. Sarah may or may not like it. I think it's a Sarah conversation, don't you think? It really is true. Well, I'll tell you what I had. First of all, overall thoughts on Rami and these two particular episodes. Episodes, uh, we're talking three and four, A Black Spot on the Heart and Strawberries. Overall thought was, first of all, Rami is this millennial Muslim American tale. And it is a mixture of a show that's on FX and a show that's on Amazon. It is uh, Arab American Atlanta and there's a show on Amazon Prime called Informer. And if they melded these two shows and they had a kid, it would be wrong. It would be wrong. <laughs> and it's the story, the way that it's cin- the cinematography, the way that it's shot, the the concept. It is very, it is provocative. Yeah. It is a strong perspective. And I, I always have to remind people, it is not called Muslim Americans. It is not called Muslims in America. It's not called American Muslim. It is called Rami. Yeah, it's it is, not this Muslim life. Exactly. Right? Like, it's it's specifically about this dude. And it's I love that you brought Rami that up on the last Yousef. episode. And yeah. It is his perspective. And if you knew Rami, and if you've heard his comedy, you realize that this is very much a true, true to him, true to his life, and true to what he presents as a brand, character that has come to life. Absolutely. And I love that. I mean, I love his stand-up. Uh, which lends itself so beautifully to to a show like this, to being to telling these stories in a way that is personal and um, and emotional and like mo- you know from moment to moment, laughing out loud to 
you know, and so to understanding. Yeah. We're actually learning a lot on the show. And there's a great thing you pointed out. Nikki, you stated that I'm glad to see a Muslim American in a lead role. We've seen a Muslim American in a lead role. This time, he doesn't have any bombs. This time, he doesn't he's work not, for the CIA. Exactly. He's right, not yeah. running from or away or with Jack Bauer. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so refreshing. And people need to understand that this is a piece of Americana, too. As we learned and as children, this is a melting pot. And this is part of the flavor that makes up this soup that we call the United States of America. As it goes for the episodes three and four... I would like to say that, first of all, uh, we got two refreshing different points of view at the same time in two back-to-back episodes where they were extremely creative. We learned a lot. We get this conflict of not just being Muslim and an American, but Muslim and Muslim. And when I say that, I mean the different levels of of religion and religious experience that one seems to have. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Everyone just seems that uh, seems to think that Islam is this conservative religion, and everyone who's in it is either ultra conservative or an extremist. There is no right. in between, and yet that's not the case whatsoever. Right. Uh, we get to see a lot more of who Rami is as a person. I'm loving Mo Amr. I'm loving Dave Muraje. I'm loving them. Their characters are amazing. And Steve. And Steve. Absolutely loving Steve. Steve is just, you know, I am so impressed that Rami had the foresight. Look. When we use the term woke, we usually think of the African-American experience. Absolutely. Like woke means black. Woke, right. you you understand things about the black community. No, no, no. This show is extremely woke. It's all the way around woke. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that we have, uh, you know, a, a, a differently abled character who um, is kind of an asshole is lovely. <laughs> is. You know, I mean, in the same ways that we sort of pit, uh, pigeonhole Muslim Americans as ultra-religious, conservative, whatever. We also pigeonhole people with different abilities, you know? So if you're in a wheelchair, you must be stupid or you must be, you know, yeah, you know, so like, I love that we're getting to see these fully well-rounded characters who are real people. I, I also enjoyed that in episode four, we get this flashback. Now we get a basis for who Rami is, where Rami, now we don't just get to see, uh, 20-something Rami. We're now looking at teenager Rami, pre-teenager Rami, growing up, what that experience was, and something that isn't really talked about on TV, where it was, it reminded me a bit of Sopranos. You know the parts of Sopranos that weren't gangster-related or Mm -hmm. Mm mafia-related? It was such an insightful perspective of what it must have been like to be Middle Uh, Eastern or Arab and American Right after nine eleven, and the kid, and I the mean, kid. so many different things there that 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 could really that are really sort of informing us about things that I'd say that you, you know most Americans don't know because we haven't 
we haven't had this on television before. Yeah, 100%. A lot of things, a lot of things play. This episode, we are going to be breaking down uh, by episode. Episode three, A Black Spot on the Heart. We're going to be breaking it down. We're going to talk about, first of all, Islam and Judaism and how they play uh, and the differences and similarities. That's actually a big uh, a big point of contention between a lot of people and the show plays it out perfectly. We're going to talk about Arabic as a second language because it does also play a part and the wedding customs uh, in the Middle East. We're going to discuss praying, uh, Rami doing ecstasy. <laughs> that was fun. Hi, Rami talk crazy. He's talking crazy. White Muslims, uh, which unbeknownst to people, is believe thing. it or not, is a thing when a believer commits a sin and cleaning the mosque. That's what we're going to talk about episode three. But then we're going to discuss and break down episode four, changing a lot of gears as we go into strawberries. We're going to talk 12-year-old Rami. We're going to talk parents don't close the door. We're going to talk some 9-11. <laughs> we're going to talk walkie-talkie. Uh, we're going to talk about the another similarity between Jews and Muslims and being scapegoats. We're going to talk... Show us you're not a terrorist, and that's a test that a lot of Middle Eastern Muslim and brown Americans have to go through right after 9-11. Discuss a little bit of James' pool party that none of us know how it went down. Rami and his opinions and paranoia, and then, of course, the huge conversation with Osama bin Laden mm. that happened, which was, this is when we say, well... When we say woke, we mean wake up. Wake up to Rami. Honestly, Ooh, best yes. show on Hulu. Absolutely. Let's begin with episode three. Did you have an overall thought about episode three on its own? I think that my overall thought about episode three was uh, there were just so many moments of deep wisdom. I really felt like, uh, you know, even before he got to the mosque and had his moment about, you know, the black the black mark on the heart, the black spot on the mark, like, I felt like there were all these little tidbits of, you know, some good, some bad, but, like, little jewels that you're getting from his friends. So Mo and, um, uh, what's Mo, what's the other guy's name? Mo, Mo and... Ahmed? Ahmed, yeah. Uh, Dave? Dave. Yeah, Dave. What's Dave's character's name is Ahmed. Okay. Um, So that they were giving him advice on the way into the party about sending a dick pic. And then after the the next day, obviously now after the game, you can't do it. So I, I, there were just so many lovely little nuggets. The whole thing with Rami talking to Steve's mom and like his sort of, you know, getting into the like the sackcloth and ashes of like, Steve's going to die. And you're like... You're like, this is sick and twisted, but also weirdly beautiful. Like, it's so well written that I just was living for every moment. Listen, here's the thing about Rami's Rami the show, okay? Uh, Rami Youssef, if you know Rami, this is his show. This is Rami in person. This is Rami incarnate. This is who he is. Episode three with uh, uh, Black Spot on the Heart, they always tie it back in. They do so with talking about getting a black spot on the heart uh, every time you commit a sin, and then you have to clean it off. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Rami goes through and cleans the mm-hmm. cleans the mosque. We, we see that as he is basically revealing himself to us, he's revealing himself to himself. Mm. And we see that throughout episode three. We learn about Rami through his actions and not his words. The show does not ever need to hit you on the nose. It is it is there and you interpret and understand it. And we learn a little bit about Ramadan and the differences of how people people react to this this basic pillar of of Islam, this one ritual where every this custom and, and tradition and and holiday 
for all aspects of American interpretation of a tradition that exists within Islam, right? And we learned that some people take Ramadan very seriously. Others do not. And that's the thing we have to understand. People are just people, and that's the point of Rami. And just like... Just like any Christian, just like any you know Jewish person, some people observe the holidays, some people don't. Like Which, I love that we're getting to see that you know that that there are uh, what's the word? Oh God! That looks like a submarine. I'm going with submarine. Thank you. It's not a submarine. Okay. Uh, sounds like scale. That there's sort of a scale of, of, of you know how spiritual or religious people are and how they are. I prefer yeah. submarine. Let's talk submarine with Islam. Better. And Judaism, because we get that we get that feel when we meet Sarah. Sarah, of course, coming off the cutie from last episode, who's the niece uh, of the uh, of, of the, the the person he's who's buying the watch, the watch buyer mm-hmm. from uh, the religious watch buyer. He's a Hasidic Jew, so you see that that Sarah is coming off a very religious family, mm-hmm. is part of a very religious family. I'm assuming that her family is Shomer Nagia. Shomer Nagia, of course, in Judaism, is a tradition that's very conservative. It's part of the Chabad. And it is a, a situation where most girls don't touch guys. Guys don't touch girls. They only touch family members or people they're married to. It's a very conservative sect of Judaism. And I'm only saying this because of the tradition as we see him... Uh, fully observing Shabbat, meaning there were no lights on, there were only uh, candles. He couldn't open the door. Couldn't, the door was already open. Exactly, because yeah. you're not supposed to you're do not supposed work. to do any business. Mm-hmm. And so he did it the most Jewish of ways, which is to do it within the confines of Shabbat. And I, I know this how this works because many times I found myself uh, being the uh, sh- the basically the goyim the, the oh, yeah. shabbat goyim mm-hmm. the shomer where where you're the person in the family because my family is half Muslim half Jewish oh wow right so you see this where basically in a lot of Jew- Jewish ho- households uh, or in your if you're in a building in Israel the elevators just go up and down no one's there you can't push the buttons but it does go up and down because you're you're just using it you're not the one utilizing actually, it actually you don't exactly. have to exert the effort of pushing the buttons exactly. so that, yeah so now we see that Sarah comes from this kind of family but she's not that person in fact we learn about this layer that she lives in her own her own floor, floor of the house. the house which is amazing because you're talking about being in Brooklyn and you have a whole floor so you know you it's come from one a of those wealthy fabulous family fabulous brownstones sure. yeah yeah and and she's having this party She's having a party and people are there and she's getting it on with Rami and she's enjoying Rami's company. And Rami brings the crew. Oh, my gosh. The crew. Yeah. Mo and Ahmed come along. And Ahmed gets in there and he's in there like literally 30 seconds before he's like, nope, I'm going to go somewhere else. Find a quiet spot to pray. Yeah. Yeah. But not because he's specifically he's specifically religious. It's actually because he's just older he's already married he he's like what do i need a party for exactly what am i doing i'm just gonna get in trouble i love that his highlight from the party was the mattress yeah it was i have been that person yes i I get it yeah and that's the thing people are like oh he's doing this because he's muslim no No. he's actually having a great time he just uh is kind of an introvert and he doesn't want to get in trouble he's doing his own thing yeah exactly mo Moe's on the other side. Moe's partying. Mixing drinks, yeah. like, dancing. Yeah. I loved it, yeah. Moe's and I love that Rami and Moe both have moves. Yeah, they do. Yeah. And that's the thing. So now we see Rami and Sarah. How do you, how do you like that? 
I loved the I loved the energy when they first started. I love how easy the joking was and how, you know, they obviously have a similar sense of humor. I I just wish that in that moment when she was about to make that decision that she had what checked decision? the decision about taking the ecstasy. the ecstasy pill. I wish that she had checked and said, "What do you think?" because I thought they had something re- that could have become something awesome. Of course, it could have also become a Romeo and Juliet, like, you know, like, you know, Montagues and Capulets or whatever. So, like... That's um, what I feel like it's building up yeah, to, right? Because you have these... You have Uncle Nassim and, of course, Sarah's uncle. And they are kind of at odds, but they're kind of uneasy allies. And that's actually something you see a lot in that community is, oh, I hate Arabs. I hate Jews. Wait, my isn't good your friend. best friend Arab? <laughs> isn't your best friend Jewish? Yeah, yeah, he's a good one, but the other ones. Like, uh, and, and so you learn a lot. And, and we also get a nod to that when Rami's father says, we can't be anti-Semitic, we're also Semitic. Right, and, right. and it's because everyone is basically one people. Yeah. And, and nowhere do I see that more than in my own family, right? Wow, I yeah. see that a lot. So it's a concept where on my father's side, uh, my family's Muslim and Zoroastrian, and on my mother's side, my family's Baptist and Jewish. Wow. And that's like directly my grandparents. Wow. So everyone had a tradition, everyone had a culture, and they all, and I saw that blend. And this is what you see where Sarah, who's not religious, she's Jewish, she's the ish part, and right. she, she says it up front. And then Rami, who's extremely Americanized, is actually kind of Muslim, yeah. more Muslim than the rest of his family. Yeah. He's in, in many ways, he's the one who takes it all very serious, and he takes Ramadan extremely seriously. Uh, we've learned that Rami doesn't drink. Or do drugs, and in this one we learned that he's never done like he never hasn't done, done ecstasy never anything. anything. Yeah, and so here we go. He's like, mm, I've ne- I don't do drugs. I would first like to say I would like to come to a holiday at your house because your family sounds amazing. The food's probably amazing. Um, that was what I wanted. I wanted to acknowledge that. The other thing I wanted to acknowledge was, um, I I loved this. I think we all have this idea that if you are a strict adherent to whatever religion you are, then uh, then you have to follow the rules, you know. And so I I think that what we're seeing, we're seeing Rami sort of figuring out how do I have this in my life and have it be an important part of my life and and still be the right kind of Muslim, the the, you know, to be Muslim enough to be, you know. And so I really felt like. Uh, you know, that struggle of like, well, I, I want to be with this girl, but I, I don't want to cross this line. Yeah. And that's a huge choice. And like, how do you navigate? And he, the character is what, 23? You know, and that's a lot to navigate. Like, you're navigating sort of how do I live most fully as the person that, that I want to be, you know, and, and, and in faith with my, my, with my religion. And also, how do I, like, Get some. Yeah, how do you reconcile? <laughs> and here's yeah. the thing: it's 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 a perfect example of how we pick and choose what our religion says. Oh, totally. And I have this conversation where it's like, so let me understand: you hate gay people because your religion says it, even though it, it only mentions it six times, but it tells you to love your neighbor 114 times, but you forgot that part. Right. This is where Rami has premarital sex. Rami has uh, gone out. He's done things that, of course, are technically quote unquote anti-Islam right. or against the tenets of Islam. But he draws the line on his own his own principles or he has his own rules that he follows. Yeah, he has his own to. sort of, you know, I'm going to observe these and not these. And his friends even call him out on it when they get they, to breakfast exactly, the next day. Exactly, yeah. they call him out. And that's something that happens. 
because everyone for some reason takes Islam as if you're that strict. And when I say there's a comparison between uh, uh, Islam and Judaism, let's talk about things like covering. You know, a lot of Jew Jewish women also cover, except they happen to wear use wigs. Mm -hmm. So it's other, it's not their own hair that's being shown. The dress is very similar. When we go to the mosque, we realize something that the men and women are separated, mm -hmm. and the men never go to the women's section. And Mo even is like, "Why would I ever go there?" It's the right? Section. Like, it's not like you can just walk up to a Muslim girl and be like, "Can I have your dad's phone number?" Yeah, it's yeah. like it's like a concept, right? right? So these things all play, and we learn that. But in, in the in temple, especially conservative temples, it's also very similar where mm -hmm. men and women are separated, and it's just different. It's and we get that play from Uncle Nassim where he says, it's it's our job to protect the women. It's not that we don't trust the women, it's that we don't trust the men. It's 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 interesting. It's its own rules, right? Its own logic that doesn't always play, and especially in the Western world. I thought it was a really important point of logic. That wasn't from these two episodes, but I thought it was a really important thing to highlight because I think... I think uh, Americans tend to think of um, hajib. Is that how you say it? Hajj. No, um, ha the covering. Hijab. Hijab. They tend to think of uh, hijab as something that men do to women and forget that women have agency and they can make their own choices, you know. And so if a woman decides to cover, like his mother doesn't cover, you know, then then that's her right. Uh, and I thought it was his really... His sister doesn't cover. Yeah, like, his sister doesn't cover. At and all. I thought it was really beautiful that, that, I mean, Uncle Nassim, I wanted to hate, but I loved him. And I thought it Such was so, character. yeah, I thought it was really beautiful that he said it that way because I think that shifts the perspective for people. It does. And we yeah. get Uncle Nassim in the beginning of this episode, thankfully, because we missed him. Uncle Nassim, of course, he's selling diamonds, like, and, and the customer, is that a blood diamond? It's like, No. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> the blood's not on my hands. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. like, and then <laughs> Rami's like, "Wait, but you said that. Do you know?" And he's like, "I don't know. All diamonds are blood diamonds, right? And right. that's such. Listen, that's such a profound thing to say. That all diamonds are blood diamonds. All of them have been ripped from somebody, mm -hmm. and and it reminds us of things like colonialism and 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 that." extortion that happens especially in Africa because right. we hate the rape to talk of the about land, that. you know, and we, we don't talk, talk about, about it. That. And so it's so right. real. Yeah. And it's these little gems that Uncle Nassim throws out that are amazing. Uh speaking Arabic is a point that comes to play as Rami is now meeting uh the the imam hooked it up and is like, "Hey, got a girl waiting. Uh it's it's Dave, it's Ahmed's cousin and she's in in the room and he goes there and she's cute." She's hijabbed up. Yeah. And they're talking and then... Wait, was this an episode? No, this is like a play where now we're talking about like how it works in, in the the in the mosque. Because okay. when it comes to is the praying. The praying mm -hmm. is something that always comes up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here we are like, this is what I mean by the contention of how Islam is sometimes it's strict, sometimes right. based on people, just like anything else. So now we see different people pray. We see... Ahmed praying at the party. Mm -hmm. We see Rami basically praying whenever he gets a chance. Yeah. Wants to wake up and get to pray. We see them praying. Uh, how did you perceive that praying culture where Islam is sometimes it's strong, sometimes it's not? It's always, uh, I was raised in a Christian family. My dad was a minister. And then I went Interesting. to. Interesting. Yeah. And then I went to seminary. So I have a master of divinity degree. Sheesh. And so, um, but I've always. Ahlan was Ahlan. Welcome. Was solid, yeah, right? Um, so I, I've always, uh, I, I've taught world religion classes and I've always admired um, praying five times a day. Sure. About, uh, I'm in Islam and, and the, it's just, it's a beautiful, like the fully embodied form of prayer, which I really think is beautiful. Um, and I think 
Like I, as a Christian, am always slightly uncomfortable when I see Christians play, praying on television. Like when I see a Christian character pray, I'm always like, mm-hmm. like why? Why does it give you that feeling? Um, I think because uh, I think because we we kind of play at religion in this country and so like you know there are those of us who are there are people who are like super stringent about their and strict about their religion but there's something about um like i think the entertainment industry sort of thinks of religion as sort of like this um sort of silly thing that that people do and and i always feel like it's never a hundred percent sincere when when i see a character praying on television but what did you think about the so what what did you think about muslims praying but what i loved about what i was going to say was yeah what i loved about this is it's such a just a a part of life like it's such an ingrained part of life that yeah i'm at a party but you know i still got to get my prayers in so i'm gonna just you know you know hop over into another room and just you know yeah because that's how it was being that's what the point of it was yeah is to show the ubiquitousness of praying it's just it's just it's a prayer it's not more severe because it right. is a little more entailed it's it's a prayer the way you would pray and and we sp- i spoke about allah last up uh, last after show or i explained allah simply is the word god mm-hmm. and that's how praying and we see mo pray and he prays uh, and we see uh, uh, Ahmed praying, and he's praying next to an Israeli flag, mm-hmm. and that's such a strong image. Oh my gosh! And it so shows strong. you, yeah. Hey, there is no, there is no conflict. Like you don't have to be anti. You can be pro-Israel and pro, absolutely pro-Palestine, yeah. pro is right. pro-Judaism and pro-Islam. And, and that's what that scene showed. Yeah, so beautifully. It was so without nice. like having to whack us on the head with it. It, it was exactly beautiful. Exactly, yeah, it was absolutely beautiful. So Arabic as a second language, we see them speak Arabic in front of English speakers. Does that make you uncomfortable when people speak foreign languages in front of you? No. A lot of people do feel uncomfortable. Really? And we see that in the scene where they're speaking, and of course, Steve's there, and they're speaking Arabic, but then they say random things in English. <laughs> and and just, Steve's like, go fund me. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So Arabic is secondly, a, a lot of times, even when I'm within a group of friends that are speaking a foreign language and I can join in, I do join in. It's just a natural comfort zone. It's not on purpose. Yeah. We're not yeah. hiding something. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think that, I think that's just another, a part of sort of our Americanisms is that we, you know, that whole, even the most progressive of us have, you know, I'm sure had that thought, why aren't they speaking English? Yeah. Mind your business. They're not talking to you. Exactly. And so, so yeah, no, I, I thought that was, and, and I loved how easily they flow back and forth between Arabic and English and, and, um, and I love Steve. Steve did not care. Steve's just sitting there. Exactly. Like, Steve you know, was Steve's used to like, it. yeah. Steve's just like, whatever. F you. Like, I don't. I don't. And yeah. we get the concept that Steve is around. Mm-hmm. Steve, because before there was a sense that maybe Steve and Rami were just work friends, and he kept maybe he his lives separately, separate, but he doesn't. But yeah. No, he yeah. brings them all together, which is a big thing because I personally don't often bring all my. You don't friends let your together. worlds collide. Sometimes I don't. I do. Uh, as I've gotten older, but especially when I was young, I didn't. Yeah. And so it's so nice to see Rami show that effect uh, of what happens when your words, worlds collide. We're talking about collision, Rami does ecstasy. No, uh, it was weed. Oh, it was weed. Yes. Yes. He takes Steve's last oh, yeah, weed he gummy. Takes a weed gummy. It was a weed and gummy. And it was 100 milligrams of yes. THC, which is a lot. Yes. If you don't do the drugs. And, um, and has an amazing trip. Yes, uh, and I, I meant as in he did the metaphoric 
uh, ecstasy because he watched Sarah right, do it. Exactly. He's like, I've yeah, never yeah, done yeah. anything. And I'm going to do just spur the exactly. moment. Yeah. But he does this very potent gummy. Incredible. Edible. Yes. And, and if anyone knows how edibles do work, you don't mess with edibles. You don't mess with edibles. A lot of people, I've never done drugs, and I know, don't I'm aware them. of it. I wouldn't just take a brownie. No, 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 no. A hundred milligrams exactly. of THC is, is a, a lot. lot. Is a lot. If they you... they tell you to start at five. Exactly. <laughs> I was going to point that so, out. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. it. They tell you to start at five. And now this new Rami comes out. This uh, I don't know if it's enlightened Rami. Is it free Rami? What would you call no, this? Rami? I think it's it's pensive Rami. Ooh. I think I think he's like. He's. I think he's just open, and the thoughts are flowing. Yeah. And he doesn't have a filter anymore, so he just says what he wants to say, even if it's traumatizing poor Steve's mom. Yeah. I mean, he went to Steve's <laughs> house, and he just dropped some too much truth. Too much truth. I it mean, was like, shut it down, mommy. Come on, man. He's like, you don't. I don't know how you must feel. You gave birth to half a person. Like he's just. Is that your fault? Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, he's gonna die. You look at him. You know, most parents think they're gonna die first, and then their kids. But you know, right. your kid's gonna die. You're gonna have to get a baby casket. I feel for you. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh, gosh. It was... they're cheaper. Like, <laughs> I mean, he just says crazy things. And you know what's even better is that Stephen isn't even mad. He's just like oh, wrong. right, right. Like he's not. Sad. Which makes you. Which makes me think that maybe, maybe this is just sort of Rami to the like nth degree. Like so, Stephen's like. All right, this like he must be like this at least a little bit on the on the everyday, so that now that he's at this level, he's Steve's not just like Steve's Steve's not just like whatever, dude, just go home. Yeah, yeah. just go yeah. home. You've just you've done too much today. Yeah. Go home. Come back again tomorrow. Basically, basically, a yeah. feeling. Yeah, yeah. And it it gives you sense. Now we've felt that Steve and Rami are very close. We we've seen uh, Rami holding Steve on the bathroom, which means mm-hmm. hey, we're really good close, yeah. close friends, and we're getting that sense. So that's actually a nice tidbit to know because it does play uh in episode four we also see a white muslim we go into the mosque and rami's feeling some type of way goes to the mosque and he sees a white muslim Mm -hmm. and that's something that people forget i didn't know there were white muslims until i lived in new york did you really not i did not know and i was i was in my late 20s by that point and uh and i was teaching a world religions class and i i we went to visit a mosque and i was like there are white people here. There are. I had no idea. Uh, there are a lot of white Muslims. Uh, America especially has a lot of white Muslims. There was a huge influx of of Muslims through the 80s. Hmm. And then a lot of people converted. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, definitely, we're talking about... Well, Islam is the fastest growing religion in the world, right? Uh, it is. is, that, it's, is a fa- it's a very... And it has a lot to do with the population booms right. overseas. Right. I mean, we're talking more about India and and uh, Indonesia in a lot of those aspects because a lot of people don't realize that the Middle East only contains something like 25% of all Muslims. Uh, uh, Most Muslims, and and this is an interesting point, is when you talk about terrorism, quote, quote, unquote, you're really, unbeknownst to you, are just saying Arabs, right? You're saying Middle Easterners because no one's afraid of an Asian guy who gets on a flight. And that's what most Muslims look like. Most Muslims would look Asian. Most Muslims would look Indian. There are something like 300 million Muslims in India. There's almost mm-hmm. almost a billion Muslims in Indonesia. You're talking 800 million Muslims in Indonesia. Yeah. And, and something like maybe uh, without Iran, with you're talking about a population of 100 million Muslims in the Middle oh, East. Wow. So there's roughly about as many uh, Muslims in the Middle East as there are Christians in Nigeria. 
Wow. And people forget to put yeah. these things into scale. I don't know that people could put it into scale because they don't know it to the begin with. I didn't know all that. So yeah. Yeah. And then you look at America and there's just a lot of white people. And right. of course, inevitably, some would convert and some would grow up. I actually have a friend who's also a comedian, Ahmed Weinberg, who is comes from a Jewish family and his family converted before his birth and named him Ahmed. Wow. So he is Ahmed Weinberg, also a comedian uh, and so it's, you're probably going to see some things from him as well. So we see this white Muslim, and it makes you, the audience, just like you, yeah. who didn't know there were white Muslims until you were in New York, mm -hmm. it makes people realize there are white Muslims yeah. in the world. Yeah. And that's what the point, and, it was, and, and this white Muslim knew things. They are devout. Was well, was well studied and, had, and, and knew the, the, the language and, and could go back to, you know, and, and pull wisdom. That was beautiful. Yeah. And you see that a lot with converts. Converts are usually the ones who are a little more devout. They're the ones because, because they, you make a choice. They made a choice. Yeah. It's not cultural. It's not traditional. Right. It's something where you've maybe researched or thought about it, and then you made a choice or you found religion. And so they're a little more um, devout. And this is a case where we see this white Muslim who's a devout Muslim. Yeah. And... Uh, Rami's still hiding at the mosque, and that's a conflict of interest, right? And he decides with this concept of cleaning spots off of sin off his heart. How do you, how do you clean off sin? How do you determine what is wrong and right? That's the that's a core value in this. Uh, he decides to clean the mosque. Yeah, I mean, it reminds me of of doing a mitzvah. You know, like he was he was like, you know, I have this I I, I have this thing I need to to purge and so to do that i'm gonna i'm yeah. gonna i'm gonna clean metaphorically as i clean literally and that's yeah. exactly what it was and then of course we see the nike shoes his nike shoes play their mm -hmm. own part and they always go in the same exact box mm -hmm. so that's something that's a tidbit in our easter egg that we would like to see very rami thing to do now we're going to get into episode four and episode four which was very heavy Oof. was also a lot more simple and the reason why it was simple is because it deals with 12 year old rami coming to life and the day after the day during and after 9 11 mm -hmm. so that's 12 year old rami who's doing two things coming of age and coming about and representing himself as an arab american post 9 11 in north jersey in north jersey which, which was which heavily is, affected exactly because yeah. you were talking ground zero now the places that were the most affected by 9 11 are new york city and Washington, D.C., mm -hmm. because that's the two places the attack took place. Yeah, I was I, in New York on that I one, was yeah. in Washington, D.C., wow. and mm -hmm. we were in school, and it was just a very uh, crazy time. Where was, were you at, at I was in seminary. It was my first day of class in seminary. Wow. And, uh, um, and, you know, I woke up to a phone call from my mother freaking out, and I'm like, I'm so far away from the World Trade Center. What are you talking about? I thought she was having a dream. Mm. So, yeah. It was it was a crazy day, a crazy few months there to to walk around the city and see soldiers with guns and exactly. and to smell it all the time. The smell lasted forever. Yeah, so yeah. it was a lot, and that's why it's just such a such an atrocity. It was just um, it was definitely a big deal for us entirely as a nation in the United States, and that's something where when we say never forget. That was a date. But it also affected a lot of Americans. And Rami displays this as a 12-year-old Rami. It's just going growing up. I mean, yeah. we see him dealing with not jerking off. He's on ICQ, which is uh, a precursor to things like uh, AOL online. Mm -hmm. and, and it's out there like uh, 
It's a messaging service mm -hmm. where people would go on and you would log in and it would use the phone line and you would use, get on the computer and he's he's learning about sex from other people because his parents obviously aren't, aren't going to have that conversation. They're not. Yeah. It's not an easy conversation to have. Uh, Rami explains it where he says, uh, boys, n n girls, no boys, boys, no boys. And that was about <laughs> it. That's the extent of the conversation. So 12-year-old Rami, we see him and we see him with his parents the younger, the younger family, uh, his dad says, don't close the door. Were you allowed to close the door? No. no. Oh, my gosh. So no. It's not anything different. Yeah. It's not yeah. different. Parents are like, don't close the door. I feel like that's an ethnic thing. I don't know if, if white people do that because I've never lived in a white people's house. But like, <laughs> but like, I definitely know that my black parents were just not about that. Yeah. You know, when it comes to an ethnic thing, I would say it's not just ethnic. I would say that Southern culture is closer to ethnic culture than it is to what we think of white culture i would agree and, and that it doesn't matter if you're southern black southern white southern whatever you are when you're southern there is a very close similarity between ethnic culture that's a, a lot closer actually i, I would say yeah i would agree and midwestern value and all those things would actually play a lot more places so when you think of conservative muslims they're not that far off from conservative evangelical yeah so, no, like you would all. see some a very similar attitudes towards yeah. things. Uh, not that that's the case with Rami's parents. Rami's parents are actually pretty cool. They're just also very foreign. We hear the word fob. Fob meaning fresh off the boat. And mm. it means a very recent immigrant. You're acting as if you just got here from okay. that third world country. You're still acting very fresh off the yeah. boat, very immigrant like. Yeah. So that's what fob means. Uh, there were some questions on that. Uh, I wanted to ask you. Uh, his parents called him Habib Habiba. Habibi. Habibi. Now Habibi is a term of endearment. Okay. Habibi, and for a girl, it would be Habibti. Habibti. Okay? Yeah. So Habibi, but you could also say Habibi. Habibi is a term of endearment, it's like my my dear. Uh, you know. Like, it's a sweet thing to say. Oh, mm -hmm. Habibi, Habibi. And it, it's a very sweet thing to say. It is sweet, so, yeah. yeah. so you yeah, should yeah, call yeah. people Habibi. Habibi, okay. In Farsi, Aww. they would say June. June? Yeah, June. Aww. Like, my life. Oh, it's I very love, similar. I like Habibi. I think I'm going to use that. It now. is. It, it's yeah. a term of endearment, and it's a sweet thing, and a lot of, pe a lot of people use that for their children. Yeah. Uh, Habibi. We also see Hayeti Cafe is the name of the hookah lounge. Hayeti means my life. And it's also a term of endearment. Yeah. You would say that, uh, Hayeti, a parent Hayeti. would say that to a kid. Uh, a lover would say that to their lover, Hayeti. Hayeti. Hayeti, yeah. I'm going to have to spell it since you taught me that all of the letters are heard. Yeah, it's You're phonetic, it's spell, phonetic yeah. languages, so every every letter is basically pronounced. So you yeah. pronounced everything. So I'll spell it. So if you were spelling Habibi, it's H-A-B-I-B-I. Okay. Habibi. And that's... Love it. Yeah, it's a cute thing, and it's a, and it shows how endearing his parents are to him. And then, of course, they give him a walkie-talkie instead of a cell phone. Uh, something very immigrant parent, by mm -hmm. the way, be like, "Oh, what does the phone do? It talk this talk." <laughs> You're you walking do? and talking. Yeah, what? It's, it's the same thing. <laughs> they give him a walkie-talkie. Now he goes to school. Uh, he's dealing with this whole concept of. Is he going to jerk off? That was the thing. And mm -hmm. that's actually... They made a pact. Why Why is that a normal... That is a normal thing Super that every normal. kid goes through. Yeah. It doesn't matter what race or religion you are. Absolutely. Everyone goes through that adolescent, puberty, pre-puberty. What is sex? How is sex? Yeah. And of course, Rami lies about jerking off. He's never jerked off. And he doesn't even know how, really. And they're like, have you ever jerked off? And they talk about it later. And he's like... Yeah. yeah, six times. Six times. Like oh, he's trying Rami. to overprove. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm so because nine eleven happens and he has to prove. And they feel like the most American thing you can do is have you ever jerked off? Don't even lie to us. 
It's like, yeah, six times. Six I do times. it all the time. All the time. Wow. Bless his little heart. Yeah. Yeah, that would be painful. And they sent him to the woods. Oh, first of all, why would you go in the woods to, why would you send somebody into the woods to jerk off well, on they, a leaf? He had to prove it. On a leaf. He had leaf. to bring it back and prove oh, it Oh my them. gosh. What an alienating experience. I yeah. mean, all I could think was, watching that was, this is going to cause a, a fetish. This is going to, he's going to, he's going to end up with a fetish about magazines and, you know, like good housekeeping magazines because <laughs> this is how he discovered how yeah. to, 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 to jerk off. And so. here's the thing. This isn't the only show. So 9-11 happens mm -hmm. and he's in class and everyone's kind of looking at him. Even the teacher is looking at yeah. him. And then his walkie talkie goes <gasps> off and it just looks suspect. They're speaking Arabic <sighs> and they're asking him how he is. If he's okay, Rami, come right, in. We, right. you know, and, and it doesn't matter because all of a sudden all Arabic sounds like 9-11 bomb, bomb, bomb. And all, and all he's getting is I am so obviously different. These people are staring at me. They now they know it was yeah. almost like he got outed in a way, like yeah. suddenly a difference that was there that didn't mean anything suddenly means something that it never did before. Yeah. And yeah. that's where we get the he gets uninvited to James's pool party, which we find out from the dad. So they canceled mean. the pool party, and then he goes to school and realizes, Why weren't you at James's pool party? and he realizes the pool party had happened. That is so um, mean. we see the friends, of course, alienating him, his close friends. Uh, James and all those guys, they're all of a sudden treating him different and he feels very different. Yeah. Uh, we also see the dad put up an American flag, something that happened all across. American flags, uh, the sales just yeah. went astronomical, yeah. but especially Middle Eastern people were putting up American flags to show their solidarity or be American. To, 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 and also like the idea that like, you know, we're forcing people, especially around that time, American, like our society was forcing people to prove you were loyal by like, by, by condemning terror, like as though, as though that would be necessary, which yeah. it was outrageous to me. So, uh, and I felt so, it just was, it was heartbreaking when the dad was putting up the, the flag. And he and like looked at like, the neighbor and, and the he neighbor was like, was, the neighbor dismissed him. You're part of the problem. And that was a line. Show us you're not a terrorist. Yeah. And this is the question, like. If I asked you, do you speak Swahili? Do you? No. Prove it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. How how do yeah. you do something that you don't do? Yeah. And that was that feeling, that tense, that, and it made us as an audience so empathetic. This mm -hmm. is Rami. He looks different, but now he feels different. Yeah. yeah. And and it was and, and I think they did the eyebrow thing on purpose, where the eyebrows were like thick and full, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you could see it, and you could just tell this Rami just now he feels. Arab. He feels Egyptian. Yeah. He's never he's felt He's other that. now. He's, he's, he's other. Yeah. He's been he's otherized. Other. Yeah. And that's the thing. And then we see how Jews and Muslims are both scapegoat. And when I say that, I mean, here we have a group of people and especially Uncle Nassim goes, none of the Jews came to work. The oh. Jews weren't there. They weren't in the... And, and, and scapegoat. And on the other hand, Muslim scapegoat, it's like everyone's pointing fingers at everyone else mm -hmm. and not realizing the fingers needs to be pointed at the bad guys. Mm -hmm. Those are bad people. Mm -hmm. And there are good and bad people in every... In every community. No in every what, community. Where, no matter where you come from, there are good and bad people. Yeah. yeah. But the worst of the worst person shows up in a dream. Osama bin Laden. Uh, Rami starts thinking his parents are possibly terrorists. They have these walkie-talkies. He has a walkie-talkie. Even he gets caught up in the hype and hysteria a little. And then he has this dream and Osama shows up. And they talk about I strawberries. Had, I had this moment when that, when that happened where I was like, I hope Rami doesn't get in trouble 
for having an Osama bin Laden character. Like, I was just like, that's bold. It was bold. That was bold. It was bold. It was brave. And the guy yeah. looked like Osama oh, bin Laden. Yeah. Like, that was just, I, I was like, and I, and I, I legitimately wrote down, is it too soon? <laughs> because, is it too soon? Because, because, you know, people were so, um, it's obviously not too soon, but I, you know, I think that like, it's almost, a, it's almost like in, you know, in comedy, there's this, can you tell Holocaust jokes? Like, can you tell 9-11 jokes? And like, so here he is in this, in a sitcom dramedy with Osama bin Laden eating strawberries and, eating strawberries and talking about that yeah. strawberry. And that is very important because it is a, it is a factual tale, but it's also something that's used to radicalize. And Rami was not radicalized. Mm -hmm. And he was like, no, I won't eat strawberries when it's not season, but I'm not like I'm you. I'm not like you. And that yeah. was the huge, huge point of it. I'm not like yeah. you. Yeah. So we see that Rami knows that there is a difference between extreme Muslims yeah. and Arabs and himself and his family yeah, and, and he, others. Yeah, and decided in that moment, uh, you know, not only did who he wants to be in, you know, the world, but who he wants to be uh, to the world. You yes. know, like he's he's saying, he's saying, look, I am a Muslim American and I, I am who I am, but I am not that. And you he will not, not make me that. He is not that and you can't make him that. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. We are, we have basically summed up all of episode three and four. Let's get into some news and gossip really quick because uh, it's exciting news. And exciting gossip. Oh Rami goodness. has been renewed. Woo! Ten episodes have been ordered by Hulu. Rami, which has been controversial, but everywhere. You can't drive anywhere in LA without seeing a billboard for Rami. Uh, and it gets a season two. He, they better get a season two. Yeah. This is an incredible television show. It so, is. oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, Hulu, Hulu, welcome to the woke folk. Yes. Uh, amazing. Yes. You're, you're there. And we love this character, this this creation. And we also see, of course, at the end of episode four, that friendship with Steven. Starts. Oh, exactly. It starts the because they way. both feel yeah. like outcasts. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. they find each other, which we're going to learn more about as we go into season two. That's going to be a huge uh, bonding. Yeah. So that's going to be the most fun. So let's play our game where we learn a new word. Uh, yes, let's. Tekalama Arabi. That's the name of the game. Our special segment, Tekalama Arabi, where we learn a, a learn uh, a useful concept in Arabic. This week, we're going to learn uh, Eid Mubarak. Eid Mubarak. Eid Mubarak. And now, especially on the heels of, of Ramadan. That's a, a holiday, right? Well, ha, well it's a, it's a, a tenet. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So it's the where you fast from sunup to sundown. Mm -hmm. And you observe all the tenets as you basically give into one of the pillars of Islam. Uh, it begins Monday, May 6th. So when it's completed, you will be using Eid Mubarak, Ramadan Mubarak, which is basically... Um, not the term happy, but like congratulations on your Ramadan or... So you would say Ramadan... Exactly. Mubarak. Mubarak. Yeah. Okay. Or Eid Mubarak. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So All there right. you go. That's that's as simple as it gets. You want to wish someone a happy holiday? That's how you do it in Arabic. See, we Eat don't fool around here at AfterBuzz. You don't just get entertainment. You get education. That's right. And we appreciate each and every one of you for making us the ESPN of TV Talk. Remember, this panel isn't just us. It's all of you at home as well. So please comment below. Let us know what your thoughts are, theories, and all your opinions. More importantly, if you're on iTunes listening to us, give us that five-star rating we so much deserve. This panel isn't just us. All of you are on this panel. Thank you so much for making us the ESPN of TV Talk. Yeah. So, 
Predictions. Predictions. Your After Buzz TV predictions. I predict that Rami is going to have a beautiful romantic experience. And I hope we get to see more of Dina because I think she's a total badass. She's amazing. And I do believe we'll get a lot more of Dina. And because the next episode is due to Ramadan, and that's where we get a lot of the concepts of Ramadan, uh, especially going into Ramadan, which is a brilliant move by Rami. Mm -hmm. uh, Ramadan is going to be starting May 6th for the next month. Um, I feel that we get more of that concept of the clash between what is Muslim and what is not. And that's a huge point of contention for this show, Rami, where it says, as you pointed out, Nikki, that there's a huge scale of Muslim and it doesn't mean you're any more or less Muslim. Right. You just are either more, uh, you're more attuned to the religion or you're, you're yep. not. It doesn't make you any less or more of a good person. And that's a huge part. And we, we have that scale when it comes to Christianity and more of, more of us need to understand that it also exists with other religions, especially Islam. So that's my prediction. Uh, I don't know. Where can people find you if you want to be found? Uh, I can be found at Nikki Bailey underscore on all the social medias. That's great. I'm going to find you. I'm going to follow you. Awesome. I'm going to follow you. Well, Where you can, can we follow, follow you? At I am Tehran all across the board because guess what? I am Tehran. I-A-M-T-H-R-A-N. And find me on a slew of other After Buzz After Shows as I host and talk about all your favorite TV shows. So until next time, we're going to be talking about our favorite TV show, Rami, episodes five and six. Same Rami time, same Rami After Buzz channel. Buzz you later. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.